BetMGM welcomes you with a special offer on the NBA. Simply place a $10 money line wager on today's game. If either team hits a three-pointer, you'll win $200 in free bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. Just use bonus code CHAMPION200 when you make your bet. BetMGM is proud to be an authorized gaming partner of the NBA. And there's endless ways to make it rain with the king of sportsbooks. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use bonus code CHAMPION200 to win $200 in free bets if a three-pointer is made in today's game. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. and Virginia only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Coco Express, part of the Blog Talk Radio Network. Your host on the Coco Express isn't real, you Lyles. She's all about keeping it real. Great guests, interesting topics, so get on board. Listen, learn, live. Hey, welcome to the Cocoa Express Show Network for Saturday, the 28th of March, 2015. And if you are a fan of the show, you know that it's the last Saturday of the month, and that means it's time for You, the Best Invention Ever with Valencia Locke Saunders. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy. Welcome to the Cocoa Express Network. Up next, You, the Best Invention Ever. Hey, how are you? How are you? How are you? It's Saturday the 28th, um, and this is Valencia, host of You, the Best Invention Ever. How is everyone today? Here in New York, we are having snow flurries. Snow flurries. Again. (sighs) Oh, well. What can you do? You can't manage it. You can't control it. You just have to deal with it. But, you know, it's, 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 you know, it's not... A blizzard is just like some fluff falling from the sky. Anyway, today I'm going to be talking with an old friend, a reoccurring friend here on uh, You the Best Invention Ever, Steve Parker, who is um, a natural intuitive, but for us lay people, he's a, a psychic friend. Um, he he's an amazing palmist. Um, a tarot card reader, and he just uses his natural intuitive abilities to pick up on um, your vibrations, my vibrations, vibrations from the other side, and interpret them. So really interesting stuff. Um, So today, well, I just noticed there on, on Facebook, there is, you know, this is where we make tributes to people we love, people we lost, people we long for, people we like, you know, even tributes to people we don't like, <laughs> oddly enough. But, you know, that's how that's how the Facebook rolls sometimes. But lately, um, 
I've become aware because, you know, my family lost a, a dear family member recently, and there are lots of tributes to loved ones we've lost. Um, so I wanted to kind of talk to Steve about our non-physical friends, you know, on Facebook. Because, um, you know, all of us who are here on this side, I consider the physical friends. You know, we can see each other, taste each other, smell each other, <laughs> touch each other. <laughs> and so um, I just wanted to get his take on, you know, ask some questions about our folks in non-physical and maybe, you know, maybe he can give me some insight um, on how we can reach out to them. Do they reach out to us? Just, you know, just some things I've I've thought about over time. Um, so let's see. Is Steve here? No, not Steve? yet. Not okay. yet. He's not, he's not with us yet. Okay. Um, anyway, I'm going to just continue on here. Let's see. Um, yeah, this whole idea of our loved ones, because I've had some experiences myself. I lost my mom several years ago, but I all I feel like I'm always in communication with her. We talk all the time. I talk to her all the time. I've gotten good advice. I've gotten some insights. And I really feel her presence in my life. And so it is very comforting, I must say, because when you lose, I think when you lose a parent, you really uh, feel like I felt orphaned, like I was an orphan, like there was going to be no one on the planet who understood me like she did. There was going to be no one on this planet right this very red-hot minute who could hear my voice and say, you don't feel well even though I was trying to hide it. There's no one who, um, you know, could really do some of the things that you take for granted that she did. But you really, that void once that, you know, they're not in your life at that moment. So it was so comforting to me to feel like I had this, I still had this connection that love never dies and that energy never dies. It stays um, present in in the universe and and I just felt like you know it is possible to reach out to that person um that knows you like no one else so um it's 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 fascinating to me to talk to someone who is more in tune and I feel who is more um connected on an ongoing basis to really pose some questions to them as to how, you know, the everyday average person can make that connection and and um, teach us how it's possible to have make our own connections and, and have these people reach out to us in their own special way. And, you know, like what can we look for? When we are looking for that connection, is there like, um, you know, sometimes people say you can smell 
a flowery scent, a perfume that you recognize. Some people say like, um, I've heard like, like things like a feather will appear or something that is personal to you will happen. You know, if you watch TV, which can be crazy, you know, like a book will fall off <laughs> the shelf. You're like, oh, oh, and you'll look at the book and it'll have the first name or the last name of your loved one. Um, I don't think we can take two, a whole bunch because, you know, of, of these creepful signs because, you know, for us they can be creepy. You know, and we when you watch all the crazy stuff on TV, you you know they're always about the haunted, scary. So I think maybe that our non-physical friends understand that we are such chickens, and there's but so much we can take. So they try and be easy on us when we're looking for signs of them or connection to them, and they just want to keep it easy, so that we're not scared out of our wits or we don't take this to a level where they're like, look at this fool. (laughs) She is running around like she's crazy. She won't turn the lights off. She won't go to bed. (laughs) And that's just me. Um, And so they, they give us subtle signs. And I think it's the subtleties that we miss when we're looking for those connections with our loved ones or people we want to reach out to or people we want to have, a, uh, you know, a come-to-Jesus conversation with. Um, not everybody who leaves here leaves here on conditions that are um, what one would say good, <laughs> on good terms. We don't all leave on good terms with folks. So, um, But, and I also want to know how, you know, how involved are they in our lives? You know, how much of a... How much um, do they see of our lives? You know, when we're at parties, when we have birthday parties or graduations or babies or, you know, are they there? Are they watching? Are they present? I just want to, you know, I think those are comforting things to, to, to know, notice that they're present, that they're not missing out on the big moments in our lives. And I think that's pretty awesome. That would be pretty awesome to know that, you know, there are people, non-physical, spirits, whatever you want to call them, um, who are just kind of looking after you or looking on. So that's that's a pretty comforting, you know, thought. And, you know, it could bring some people a lot of peace. Um, two, to just feel like you are not, you're not really alone. And maybe that's something we need to kind of wrap our minds around because there are times in life when you can feel very alone and very despondent and feel like nobody understands what you're going through. But if you could kind of wrap your mind around it, that there are loved ones, people who love you, who in your darkest hour, your loneliest hour, there's someone there, maybe with an arm around you, or maybe just sitting there with you in the quiet, you know, trying to, like, throw some good vibrations your way. So I think um, I like that idea. So I hope that he is on his way because I really want, you know, I really want to 
check that out. Oh, he's still not here. Anyway, I hope I didn't get my signals mixed up with him and he has the right number. Um, and that, or that all is well with him. I'm sure all is well with him, but he is quite busy these days doing readings, so I'm not... I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope that he'll be able to make it today. But even if he doesn't, I think um, that some of these um, questions or ideas um, have given you some food for thought. It's given me some food for thought about folks on, you know, on the other side, our non-physical friends on Facebook. I know that um, on Facebook there was a, a fellow, really nice guy named Bill Phillips that I went to college with, and um, he is one of our non-physical friends right now. And he um, went in for a heart transplant. And ironically, he didn't make it because he had a really good heart, was a really good guy. And I do remember, the one thing I do remember was his laugh. And he had the most infectious laugh. And, you know, you, you've heard people when they laugh, they are really laughing and it's loud. Um, and he... You know, his his Facebook page is still up. And, you know, when I look at friends on, on my Facebook page, he's still there. And that's kind of what drew, drew me to this, you know, one the Facebook the Facebook tribute to a friend that uh, my sister and I, a family we grew up with, um, has recently passed away. And, and it was very surprising, you know, because we're all just young. And you just think, and this, you know, guy I went to school with, he's young too, that, you know, you lose people at this early in their life and you feel like they have so much more to contribute and do. And and maybe on the other side, you know, it's not the end, you know. Maybe on the other side, they just continue on. That energy just continues on and continues to be active in all our lives and, and checks on the faith. They check on their Facebook page too, <laughs> and they're still Facebook friends, or they're just still friends of ours. Um, so, I think that's so interesting um, that Facebook has really become a place where, you know, there's so much that goes on on the Facebook pages now. Some good, some not so good, but you know, it is a place for people to. Um, say their goodbyes and and say their thank yous and 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 say, you know, remind people of what a wonderful spirit this person was, a wonderful being this person was, and that they are truly missed on this side. And that, you know, they had so much to contribute to the lives, to to our lives. So, you know, I just it r- reminds me also that, you know, your friends and your family members, they do contribute so much to your life um, and to the lives of others. And it's not, unfortunately, it's not till they're gone, until you get, you take the moment to really analyze their contribution to your life. And I think we should 
you know, start realizing our contribution to each other's lives while we're alive. <laughs> and 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 not have that aha moment like, oh, they were so awesome and I miss them so much. You should just say, you're so awesome and I don't miss you because you're right here being awesome right in front of me. So how about we today, you know, somebody you really care about or just like, say, you know, you're really awesome. Thanks. Just walk away. You know, we don't have to have a reason to tell somebody they're pretty special or pretty awesome in our lives. Um, But that being said, let's check in. Is he here yet? No. No. That was a non-physical friend. No, I'm kidding. That was a physical friend. <laughs> That's my producer, Aurelia. Um, so, Aurelia, you got any thoughts on this? Well, I do agree with you. I mean, I've had some experiences myself where things have happened, and I've seen that little light and all that stuff that people talk about, and I've had that different smell of something that reminds me of something. So I do believe that. And it's really funny. I, you know, I know we've talked often about how I'm always losing something and you always say, well, tell them to put it back. <laughs> hmm. I do. I always say, uh, put it back. So, you know, and, I do believe you that. you know what? What? Yeah, I do too. And I kind of, you know, I kind of feel like, you know, I really do feel that love never dies. So if you, you know, if you love someone and they go away in that manner, they pass away, you know, I don't think that essence of them goes away from you. Especially, you know, when we always talk about mom or dad or whoever, I think they're right there. When you call them up with good memories, they're they're back. You know, you keep that essence of them alive. I agree with you. I really do mm-hmm. agree with you. Um, I don't think, and you remember the movie Powder? Yeah. That movie, it just hit home with me in regards to our spirit. Because when he died... He didn't just die. His spirit, you could see the the essence of him just went throughout the whole earth. And it didn't just, mm-hmm. dis- he didn't just disappear. So that's when, you know, that kind of hit me like that going, oh, so we don't really die. Our spirits continue to move on through all of us because he went through everybody. Mm-hmm. So that's my which take. Is, which is pretty um, pretty cool to me. That idea. Hello. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That um, our our essence, our spirit, our whatever you want to call it, is just always going to be active in the universe. Yeah. It's pretty so, cool. Yeah. So, well, so our guy is still not here, huh? No. 
I will put a call in, and um, but I'll give you something that you can probably uh, kind of, you know, turn over and talk about. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was reading, um, no, I was watching the news, and they had put up this infrared system to track um, some activity that was going on because they kept thinking, because the alarms kept going off, and so they kept thinking that there was burglars coming in after night, um, after hours when they closed. So they had the camera system on, an infrared system that could, you know, any kind of moving, moving images. So what mm-hmm. happened was on the camera itself, you saw a silhouette of someone walking on the actual premises of this particular company, and then you just saw them keep walking through the fence. Really? Yes. And I was like, this was on the news. This was on regular news. So it's not like, you know, these things don't happen. They do happen. And, you know, it's just, Trying to find out how and why is, is is probably the most interesting thing about those kinds of occurrences. Why do they happen? You know, how do they happen? Right. Um, I guess you know. I think there are there's so much that we kind of tune ourselves out to. We kind of tune ourselves away from looking and feeling these, you know, the energy that's all around us because we mm-hmm. can't explain it, we can't touch it, we can't see it, we can't lick it. It's just like uh, if, you know, I'm in show-me state. If you can't show me, I don't, I don't want to be that. But what if we are, what if that's one of our senses that we are dampening, you know, Mm-hmm. Throwing a wet blanket on. What if that's supposed to be something that we're supposed to be using? You know, we have see, sense, taste, smell. You know, to pick up these vibrations. To maybe that's you know we only think in three dimensions. Maybe that's the other dimension that we're supposed to be in line with. Hmm. It's possible, and we don't. Mm-hmm. And we don't line up with that, and so we're. We're missing things, and, you know, sometimes maybe it's the people who line up with those things that we call seers and oracles and and stuff like that. So what do you think? Hello? Yes, I'm here. I was just trying to reach out to see if your guest was available. Ah, okay. He's not. Okay. Anyway, um, yeah, you know, maybe that is, we are, we're just tuning ourselves out instead of tuning ourselves in and being more receptive. Would you... Think or would you feel that, like, you have a, I, I also, I, I tell you all the time that I'm, like, reading Facebook and always looking on Facebook, but they do have some really interesting things. And have you noticed that the children that are being born now are far more advanced? Um, oh, yes. Are you kidding? Yes. 
absolutely. I mean, they're they're born into a more um, oddly enough. I think the in, the internet makes them more has made them more connected to so much more information. Number one, and they're born into a into this world that we weren't born into. Because so, I was really being on the internet, huh? Well, I just saw one particular thing that really just blew my mind. It was a baby, a little baby, was able to work the turntables really well. <laughs> mhm. Mhm. I mean, when my daughter Hazy was two, she was on the computer at the library, and like an older man was sitting there, and he says, "What is you? Some kind of baby genius?" <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but I do know they were born into they were born into you know like the internet is um the transmission of information through the ether, you know, okay, and we weren't born with that, so they are they are kind of tuned into this vibration more than we are to the vibrational world, to information. And so I kind of think that the vibration of the Internet is just a wave of energy that they they just picked up naturally. It's just kind of almost part of their DNA. Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree. So they in so so many ways, just woke up to it. It's like, good morning, where's my phone? <laughs> where's my iPad? Yeah, I just find that extremely interesting and extremely um, fascinating because... And they, they walk faster, they talk sooner. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think that's part of what we as parents have assimilated, actually. And, you know, kind of by osmosis, they've got it. They've gotten it. Interesting. And for them, the things that we thought were obstacles and um, Mm -hmm. impossibilities are Mm -hmm. like second nature. Yeah. And you can even see it with, you know, basketball players, athletes, that they jump higher, they're bigger, they're stronger, they're faster. It's just amazing how it's evolution, I guess. You know? Mm-hmm. We're always, sometimes we think that things are standing still or why aren't things changing, but things really are changing and evolving, whether we know it or not or like it or not. We are evolving, we are changing. And that's just how it goes. Yeah, it can be frightening. Mhm. 
especially and I think that a lot of the um the misconceptions that are out there is that the youth are really not doing anything. I think they are only um focusing on the ones that really aren't doing anything and letting the 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 concept and the fact that our our youth are far more advanced than we were kind of try to slip by us. Maybe. You know, because looking at horrifying horrible things is is tantalizing. You know, it keeps us glued to the TV. You, you know, we are just addicted to like a nightmarish kind of a story. Um for whatever reason, but to hear like, "Oh my gosh, the most wonderful thing happened today. Five teenagers <laughs> helped five elderly people get their groceries home from the store." Isn't that amazing? You don't hear those stories about teenagers. No. You know? And and because you only hear the, the nightmarish ones, it perpetuates, you know, nightmarish behavior. Mm-hmm. Because it attracts attention. If, you know, the good only attracted attention, you'd hear less about the bad. I do believe that. And, and how do you make that kind of conscious change. I mean, it's difficult, but how do you do it? Well, you know what? We are we don't believe it, but we are the arbiters of change. And when and media has decided it's going to tell us what's okay and what's not okay. And we're media. Hmm? So we, we need to media. tell people what's okay, okay? Uh-huh. <laughs> but mainstream, you know, media out there kind of says Look at this nightmare, and we go okay, and then they keep it on for hours and hours and days and days, and their twenty-four hour news cycles, and you know, they just keep you there, and it makes money, and it's and it's ratings, and and because we buy into it, they give us more of that because they think you know because they're telling us what we should look at, but if we stop looking at the horrors and the nightmare. They'll say, well, wait, 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 wait. The nightmare's not selling anymore? What's up with that? You know? I think we watched news because we really felt like we could depend on what was on getting good information. Yes. Reasonably. I, you know, reasonably. Yes. Well, that there was a time when you got news. But mm-hmm. now you get sensationalism. Then news. Absolutely. And, I, you know, one guy that comes to mind is John Johnson, who was a Channel 7 news reporter way back in the day. Mm-hmm. And he would, you know, he went out into the community where things were, wrongs were not being, you know, he did a mix. You know, he would do good things, tell you good things about what's going on in your community and tell you things that you should know about your community and what was going on. And it was more balanced, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's what's missing, that balance of information and accurate reporting. And just, you know, so at one point, it's like they would go to the most, um, the person who could communicate the worst <laughs> in a community and ask them what happened. And sometimes you really didn't know what happened. Because you couldn't understand a word they were saying. You're like, what happened? What happened? What did you say? What did she say? 
And so, you know, then you get a picture of who lives in this community, which isn't always accurate, you know. It's just someone editing, skewing the information towards, you know, the a palette which is their taste or what they want your taste to be or telling you what they want you to know about a community and why this may have happened. And, you know, lately the reporting has been, I know we're we're talking about, you know, some of it has just been like, really? <laughs> you know, it's almost been laughable. And I just kind of <clears throat> find myself turning away from that. Even though I, you know, I find myself media right now, but uh, I don't know what to say anymore. You know, we as consumers of media have to really go with our gut and know what it is that we're trying. That know what it is that's acceptable to us, and and know what's not acceptable to us, and and not keep gorging on the same old stuff. Okay, now that's your friend, your Facebook friend from the other side. <laughs> yeah, no, I was like, how you doing? <laughs> but my whole thing is, okay, if if we need accurate information, okay, and we need to know certain things. Where do we go? We go to places like um, we go to church. We go to community events that are advertised because not all of them are advertised. Um, We can't really rely on some media outlets because a lot of them are just doing the the, the most convenient story, the most common story, the, the story that hits Reuters as the top story. So where do we go? What do we do? How do we how do we change it? Well, you know, you have to diversify. You have to seek out other news outlets, and you need to stop watching, you know, because you don't, you don't want to know every horrible thing that happens because what does it do? It makes you, it makes you afraid. It makes you afraid, <coughs> I'm sorry, of not just your neighbors. It makes you afraid of life. And you can't be afraid of life because that's why you're here. You're here to live life. And so by gorging on all the nightmarish things that are going out there, it's skewing your vision, and that's all you're going to focus on is being scared of one thing or another, one person or another. And it's going to contribute to your own ignorance. So... What you have to do is kind of say, what's going, what is it that's important to me? You know? Mm -hmm. You have to be your own news. You have to look around your community. You can check in. I'm not saying never watch the news, a news report again. I mean, check in once in a while, but don't make it the source of your information. Don't make it the focus of your life what somebody else is telling you. Because what somebody else is telling you is is probably one side of the story. And we have to go out there and be our own reporters, in essence. Is go out into the world, go out in life and see what's going on out there. 
Okay. Okay. So how, you know, how do we, as the media, how would you make it your mission to report accuracy, um, both positive and negative? Well, that's a really good question. Um, I can only tell you, like, right now, as we do it, we've had some interesting guests on, and um, I know that I have questions that I want to ask someone. They're my questions. They might not be everyone's questions, but this is what I want to know about who I'm interviewing or this story. Because I've been in situations in life where just my natural curiosity, not an indictment, but just my natural curiosity about something has had me pose a question which made someone very uncomfortable. And I wasn't trying to make them uncomfortable. It was an innocent question just based on my own curiosity about a subject, not knowing that it's a hot-button issue, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes our natural curiosity is where you find the information that you want, that you want. And maybe somebody else might be wanting wanting an answer to that same question. But I think um, out of your own sense of, yeah, what do I think about this? And what do I want to know about what happened? And what do, you know, why do I find this fascinating? What else do I want to know about this story? And um, believe it or not, and I know you you know, people sometimes will give you the answer. If you ask. If you ask. And sometimes they may not give you the answer, which is also an answer as well. And you don't have to keep beating them over the head to get it. You say, okay, that's your answer which is also the answer to your question. It's saying, don't go there. There's something I don't want to share. And there, I think in respecting someone's um, right not to answer helps them open up to you as well as to giving you the answers you, you, you know, go on mm-hmm. if you can. Because sometimes we can't let something go. So, but Why? But why? How come you won't tell me what I, what I want to know? It's like because it's my it's this human being's choice not to tell not to tell you what they don't want to tell you. Put that shoe on the other foot. If someone keeps badgering you for an answer, do you think it's going to make you more receptive? Like, well, let me tell you because you're about to beat me. <laughs> no, it's just going to you know put up more resistance to you. Do you think that we alienate ourselves because we don't try to position ourselves to be flexible when trying to find out information? Say that again? Do you think we alienate ourselves because we don't know how to be flexible enough to to present ourselves in a way to ask a particular question a certain way? Like you said earlier, um, you know, but why? How come? Do you think that really oh, keeps yeah. us? Oh, absolutely. 
do you do you feel comfortable when someone's badgering you? No, you're not on the witness stand. You know, this isn't Perry Mason. And no one is, is, you know, when you're doing an interview with someone or you're trying to report the story and ask a question, do you think these people will put on the earth for you? For you? They don't owe you anything. They don't work for you. They don't even know you have the time. <laughs> so what makes you think that they're supposed to answer your question because you're sitting down together? True. That is so true. I've had... I've had to tell people ask me questions sometimes in general, and then I say, "This is how it's fun. Look, the less you know, the less you know." <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, I, you know, I'm not. You know, where people say, "Well, I'm an open book." Not really. We're all not open books. There are things in our lives we we don't mind being open about, and there are things in our lives we don't care to be open about. So and that's believe, fine because that's your choice. Okay, do you believe that this whole concept of wanting to know, we want to know too much of people's private lives, do you think that that's why we are where we are now? Um, I think that we are we're knowing so much about people. We're curious by nature, okay? We're curious by nature. Um you want to know things. But sometimes I think we don't do enough in our own lives. You know, we'd be a little less curious about other people if we were more curious about ourselves. If you wanted to know why you think certain things, if you wanted to know why you felt certain things about yourself, if you want to know why you do certain things that you do, investigate yourself. And you'd be a lot less interested in other people and their personal lives and their, you know, the intimate details of their life. Not that I'm on, you know, not that I'm, um, I'm any different, you know. I'm like, ooh, what happened? But sometimes I gotta catch myself and go, I need to mind my business, don't I? Yes. And so I try and do that when I catch myself. Okay. And there's nothing wrong with minding your own business. And sometimes there's nothing wrong with not caring, not not caring, but don't make what people think about you your business. Explain. You know, if you you set yourself up for all kinds of stuff when you when you're poking around going, I wonder what they think about me. What are they thinking about me? Oh my god, are they thinking about me? Ooh, she looked like she's thinking about me. What did she say about me? <laughs> you know, sometimes you don't need to know. You know, you just open up a can of whoop. You know what? Because then you like, ooh, I knew. She, you know what? See, I thought. See, that time she was. Yep, she was talking about me. Uh huh. No. Then you then you got you know like a tick tick in your head. Now, that wasn't there before. You're all happy. You're like, well, I'm going to go to, you know, the Dairy Queen and, you know, get my little ice cream and, and be cool. And now you're like, oh, my God, she told me, here she come. Oh, my God, oh, my God, I want her to like me. But now she doesn't like I don't think she likes me. You think she likes me? Then you're like crazy now. So sometimes it's not, it's not, it shouldn't be any of your business what somebody's thinking about you. 
Now, the other thing, and we've had this conversation. Reality TV. Oh, no. They need some non-physical friends. (laughs) 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 They need some non-physical friends on reality TV. Okay. I get that one. I mean, we're so fast, and that, once again, is the fascination with knowing what's going on and, you know, behind closed doors in people's lives. And now it's gotten to the point where we're fascinated with a train wreck, you know? Because mm-hmm. you see the train, you see the train, you see somebody standing there, you're like, oh, she's not getting out of the way. And she's like, I refuse to get out of the way of the train because I know it's coming, but it'll, the ratings will be big. The ratings will be big. <laughs> and you say to yourself, I'm just watching. You know, we, we've just, you know, we've been trained to watch train wrecks. No matter how heartbreaking it is. And then not only do you see the wreck, you see all the people are dragged down the track with it. I mean, I'm I'm just saying, I'm I'm no different. I wa- I've watched them too. But now I'm just at a point where I'm I'm not so interested in watching all all the train wrecks. You know, <laughs> I might watch some of the train wrecks, but not all the train wrecks. Okay. And, and so, you know, reality, and there are only a few of them that are kind of fun, you know, because they can be fun, too, but not all of them are fun. And, and I have to tell you, the Atlanta Housewives is not so fun. No, it's taking a turn. I'm sorry, Atlanta Housewives. Um, it's just not fun, you know, to just see people tear each other up and, and, you know, scheme and just, this is really, I'm just, you know, we really can't be acting like this in our everyday lives, can we? Are we? <clears throat> it's it's too much. <laughs> well, the one particular part that really saddened me was the last one that I watched, or well, the last one I think I watched, where um, the one woman whose husband just went to jail, you know, she mm-hmm. wanted to file for divorce, and, and she's crying. I really think that she should remove herself from the show to get things together because she's going through something really seriously, really seriously tough that shouldn't be played out on national TV. But she signed a contract. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't, I, you know what? I don't play in the reality show arena. I don't know how those contracts work. I don't, I don't know how those things play themselves out. And you're right. You know, you do see scenarios where people need to step away, pull their lives together, and not in such, you know, a public way. Because what actually happens is, ooh, you know, the court of public opinion. The peanut gallery, the crazy monkeys, got a lot to say, and they're not—they're not in your shoes every day. They don't wake up with you in the morning. They don't go to bed with you at night. You know, and they don't live in in your head or know what you're thinking or feeling. So, they really, you know, shouldn't have a say in in in. Mm. 
mm-hmm. in 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 this, you know? Mhm. I mean, it would be it seems like, you know, why not choose to go pull back and 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 do your life. But guess what? She a grown lady and these are her choices. Yes. Yes. And do you think that, you know, we have a lot of impressionable young people who watch these shows. Do you think that this is showing them that making improper choices is probably the most lucrative way for them to go? Absolutely. You know, it's and we see it not just here. We see it in, in a lot of different areas, scenarios. Sports, you know, football, basketball. The reality is that everyone is not going to make a million dollars, multi-million dollar contract signing to play sports, you know? Mm-hmm. But when you're on the other side and you and you need and you need some inspiration and you're in a place where you feel there aren't many choices where your background is concerned these seem these seem like viable choices mm. I remember talking to a, a football player who had a couple of Super Bowl rings and he was trying to go into the community and help these young people and inspire them to do better. So he would put together this, um, it was a two-fold process. He would have celebrities, um, athletes, and he would take them on like a retreat, but it would be a golf retreat. So it would be fancy, lots of playing, dinners, you know, entertainment. And then after that, they come back to the location of the inner city. However, no bling, no, you you can't bring your car. If you bring your car, you park it far away from the location. You know, you don't come dressed with all your, your big watch and your jewelry. You don't, you know, you, you, dress, you, you dress down. You don't dress, you know, so far up that you give these kids the impression that who you are and where, you know, it's all about that, the bling. He wanted them to open up and say what it took for me to get here. He wanted it to be about dedication, um, focus, um, learning for these kids. So he says he did one, and, of course, every all the people who participated were like, man, this was awesome. You know, I learned a lot about myself. I was so inspired. I want to come back next year. He says... There, the, the the event is over, and there's this kid who looks about as big as a math truck. He looked like a football player, but he was a kid. He's just kind of hanging around, you know, on the side. The, the event is over. The kids are gone. He's still hanging out, you know, and he says he has done, is doing his, you know, back-end work, making sure that, you know, everything's, going smooth on the cleanup side. The guys are, like, cleaning up and they're moving stuff out. The kid is still there. And so finally, he sees the kid, like, really agitated and pacing, and he's like, let me see what's going on with this kid. What's up with him? His kid is still not leaving the building. He goes over to him and he goes, hey, how you doing? Did you have a good time today? And the guy talked to him, turned around, and was like, 
breathing hard and about to hyperventilate. He's like, yo, what's up? Are you okay? And he was like, now what am I supposed to do? He's like, what? He's like, now what am I supposed to do? This was the best thing that has ever happened to me. And when I leave here, I'm going back to nothing. How am I going to do that? Yo, how am I going to do that? And he was like stunned because he was, you know, it dawned on him that I put on this big dog and pony show for these kids, but I don't leave anything for them here. Now they're on their own trying to find something, you know, because, like, once your eyes have been opened and you've been exposed, Mm. you know, it's hard to go back to what's there. Amen. You know, it's really not fun. You know, you're like on a desert island now trying to find, you know, somebody to, to help you open up a coconut. So he was like, whoa. And he's like, what am I supposed to do now? And the kid is in tears. And he's like, he's practically in tears. So he says to himself, here's my number at home. Here's my cell number. Where can I reach you? Because I will find something for you. And the kid was like, really? He's like, yeah, I'm I'm going to help you. And that was the end of that, you know, the story. I don't know what the follow-up was, but he said it did make him realize that, you know, people come in. This was a problem when he played football. He said, you know, when you see those pictures of them going into the hospitals, mm-hmm. visit little kids, he's like, sometimes it's so fast, it's just a photo op. And they're like, hi. They don't even know what the kid got. They don't know the kid's name. They just take a picture, lean over in the bed and be like, hey. And then they take them to the next kid and they go, hey. And he's like, it was it's not, you know, this was like the same thing. But, you know, he didn't mean it to be. So he's like, when I go in, when you go in to really help, you have to create something that really puts, you know, follows up on what you just created. You created a great feeling. Yay, everybody's happy. But, you know, now what? And so that's where... Um, you know, putting putting things in place for people to um, understand that there's more to life is, and that even though you see stuff on TV, that there are other avenues other than being a reality star or being mm-hmm. a, a a pro athlete. Okay. Okay. And that's really interesting. And it is true. I mean, um, for the brief time that I taught in the the, the well charter school system in Philadelphia, I did see a lot of things. And my hope when I stepped in was that when I left, they were left with a skill that they could use. You know, it's the same thing. Teach, you know, give them fish. They'll eat for a day. Teach them how to fish. Mm-hmm they'll, you know, eat for the rest of their lives. And that was my whole premise of going in and doing that. Because it is true. When you leave, Mm -hmm. what are you leaving behind? Right. A memory sometimes. Mm -hmm. And that's not enough. Not all the time. You know, some kids can survive on a memory and just keep that good feeling going. Some people can't, you know, that phase. And it it can turn into, you know, opposite of what you intended. You know, they get angry because there's nothing there anymore. It's like, how do I get out of here? 
Yep. So, going mm. forward, mm-hmm. what is you going to do? What is you going to do? I have to consult my non-physical friends on that. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's where we started today. Mm-hmm. It sure and, is. Yes, and I want to get back to them because... Um, that is a very good question. We will have to consult and and see where they if they have any good ideas and or you know. Mm-hmm. So you know, you is always about trying to get you to look at you and um, feel good about the things in your life that are that you have now, and feel good about the things that you feel you want to explore. And I want, you know, I want what kind of what I want for myself to to try new things, you know, like the other day. And they don't have to be big new things. There was a little, there's a new cafe in my neighborhood that I walked past. And, you know, there's one that I always go to. And then I said to myself one day, I said, you know what, I'm going to that cafe and just check it out. Turns out it's the cutest little cafe ever. They have a great list of coffees, which are much better than the coffees at the other place. And there was this little incident that just, you know, kind of made endeared me to this cafe because it was kind of chilly. And when you open the door, the wind rushes in because you have to go downstairs to this cafe. It's, it's in a brownstone, and it's in, like, the garden area of this brownstone. And it's called the Sugar Hill Cafe. And some, you know, and... When the doors come open, you're, you, you automatically sit up because you feel this whoosh of cold air. So I was sitting next to this lady, and there were, there were like three of us at the time sitting at, at tables. And the door opened, and this one guy walked in, but he didn't close the door. So the lady next to me got up and closed the door. A few seconds later, somebody else comes in. Another guy comes in, opens the door, doesn't close it. The lady closest to the door got up. The third time the door opened, we weren't getting up. And this guy came in, and we and our eyes just followed him over to the counter, and he turned around because he could feel like people staring at him. And he turned around. He was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and the lady closest to the door pointed to the door, and we were like, you didn't close the door? He was like, oh, my God. <laughs> you all made me feel like, you know, the, you know the, like the black man <laughs> walks into the cafe. Into the store and everybody's there. I was like, "Yeah, you felt like what I steal." He goes, "Yes." So he went and closed the door. He goes, "Oh my god, that was the freakiest thing that ever happened to me." And we all got a good laugh because he's like, "No, you should have seen every eye was on me." <laughs> so that was, you know, that was something funny that happened at that little cafe. And and so what I'm saying is the point to my story is, um. I want you to go. I want people to try something new. Get out of their comfort zone, even if it's in tiny little ways. You know, there's always something interesting that can happen. You know, just follow a thread that comes into your mind. You know, it's about you, and it's about your life. And and you know, I find myself not even following my own subscription, but when I do, you know, focus in on it, I do have a good time. You know, I've 
I've reconnected with some friends that make me laugh. And sometimes it's all about, you know, I just think about having fun. I just want to have fun with life. You know, I've I've done the serious, I've done the heartache, I've done the struggle, and I don't want to do that no more. It's done. I just want to have fun, and I want people to to do that too. It doesn't, every day does not have to be a struggle or a heartbreak or a heartache. You can have a side of fun with your heartache and struggle. <laughs> <laughs> and you can do it with your non-physical friends, okay? <laughs> with your friends on the other side. Don't think you out there alone. Just say, Uncle Junebug, I'm going to the to the whatever. Can you come with me? You know? So, and it's, you know, as, as you know, as, as you're hearing today, it's about the crazy too. So that's that's what's. That's what's on the table for you and okay. y'all. Okay, that's good to know. Well, unfortunately, I, I guess we are going to have to reschedule Steve. Um, yeah, but you know, this was nothing's ever lost. This was a very fun conversation. Indeed. Indeed it was. And, you know, I guess you're absolutely right. We need to go out and just tap into what we see and don't walk by it. Go into that store that has the most expensive shoes you've ever seen, but they're the prettiest shoes because I'm a shoeaholic. Try them on. Take a picture. That's what you take yeah. with you. Take, we got the phones. Snap, <laughs> <laughs> snap. Yeah, I got a pair of shoes. They're on my phone, but I got them. Yeah, try the shoes on. Try that dress on. You know, it it doesn't matter. You try it on. Look at yourself. You you'll look good regardless. You'll look good. You may not be and able to buy good. it, and you yes. feel good. Be the little girl that you left behind, because she's always inside. Mm-hmm. Waiting who for like, you to have some fun. Yeah, who like to just twirl around in the mirror and just look at herself and laugh. And guess what? The funny thing happened to me one day. And I was just feeling really silly, and I was I, I went into the bathroom and I looked into the mirror, and I saw the little girl I used to be for a brief second, and it cracked me up to no end. And I said, "I will never forget you." I, and so, I want you to try that one day, just when you're feeling really good about yourself, just have a quick look at yourself in the mirror and see who you see. It's fun. Yep. So, on that note. Yep. A vida zen. Hasta la vista. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I'm trying to say bye in another language. Bye. Oh, there's one. Annyeonghaseyo. That's Korean for hello and goodbye, so I can't go wrong. (laughs) No, what is it? Annyeonghaseyo. Okay. What is it? Hawaiian? Aloha. 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 Hello and goodbye. Yes. All right, people, we burdened you enough. <laughs> <laughs> and oh. guess what? I'll see you next month. And let's see who shows up. <laughs> Cause I'm just winging it today, but it was fun. Okie dokie. Okay, so until next month, she is always going to be on the last Saturday of the month. So if you want more of this, tune in. She'll love it. Thank you. Yeah. Bye. That's our show for today. So until next time, 
Keep it real. Listen, learn, and live. If you're struggling with alcohol or drugs, Recovery Centers of America can help. The holidays are over, the new year is here, and the time to act is now. Expert private care at Recovery Centers of America will get you on the road to recovery today. At our award-winning and fully accredited treatment centers on the Eastern Shore and in Southern Maryland, you will be treated with compassion, dignity, and respect by our dedicated team of professionals. You will also benefit from specialized programs, 24-hour medical care, and the comfort of our outstanding facilities. Let us help you. We will answer your call 24-7 and can get you into treatment as soon as today. If outpatient care is right for you, you can receive a same-day assessment and attend therapy in person or virtually. And because we accept most private insurance plans, you get premium care without the premium price. Don't wait. Start your new year. Start your new life today. Call 1-888-RECOVERY now. That's 1-888-RECOVERY.